Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of your favorite <laughs> jujitsu podcast, A Fistful of Collars. Howell Teague, Reed Cole, Chase Smith, and Will Safford in the house once again to break down the best of the week in jujitsu and generally talk about all things mat related. So, what's mm. up, guys? April, here we are, a brand new month, and it looks like one of our busiest of the year, huh? This hell is of a, a month. A hell of a month. That is Huge. exactly what it is, Will. Hell of a, month. a hell of a month. What's going on? If you have canceled your subscription f- to Flow Grappling, this is the month you to played com- yourself. <laughs> you <laughs> made a terrible this mistake. Is come back. You played yourself. Man, we have, we'll start it off uh, this, this Friday. We've got Fight to Win. This one is in uh, Toledo, Ohio with uh, GF team representatives. We've got uh, Vitor Oliveira. The main event, we've also got Dante Leon as well. So two really tough GF team guys. There's massive debate, by the way, on how you actually say Dante Leon's name. It's Ooh. Dante Leon. It's not, though. I asked yeah. him. It's Leon. Uh, yeah, I remember I went, <laughs> I, when he said I went back and looked at an interview I did with him where I had him introduce himself to me from Royal, and he says Leon. Leon. So. He's Canadian. He's, He's not just, like Leon. It's like that's the Latin version, right? Yeah, Dante Leon. Dante Leon. Yeah, those are some fire matches, though. Looking forward to Fight to win, going back through the, the Rust Belt there, going through Ohio. It's going to be cool. April 6th, that's uh, coming up this weekend. That'll be a good one. Vitor Oliveira versus uh, Keith Miner. And Keith Miner's got an interesting story, right? This is the main event. Yeah, man. It's, it's an incredible story, really. Uh, he had a terrible accident with, with a wood chipper and lost uh, a good part of his right arm. I believe it was amputated below the elbow. God damn. Uh, went on, Whoa. from what I understand and from his bio on his website, to, to start training after that. And wow. and to go eventually five and five MMA made it into Bellator has a fight in Bellator um, as well as a, a grappling credentials so that is pretty damn impressive yeah, it and is. he's got the stones to take on Vitor Oliveira who is just like a, a, one of the most terrifying people you've ever seen <laughs> he has incredible throws great stand up no Vitor's a lovely guy but hell that that guy's a rock he's, right he, for sure punished Keith, Keith Miner also likes to stand. I don't know what his jiu-jitsu game is, but in MMA, he likes to stand. So we might see. We just put up a, uh, a highlight of Vitor Oliveira from last year's Masters, and that guy is a takedown machine. Yeah, he is. He's got this drop, Seonagi, that just got everybody. So, And this is a gi or no gi match? This, I believe, is a gi match. So Ooh. definitely very curious to see how it plays out. Um, 
kind of got got to root for Keith Miner on this one. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah, hundred um, percent. And we got a ton of other events. I mean, there's three other fight to win events this month. There's four in total. Uh, in April 13th in Maryland, we've got Tim Spriggs versus Gunberg Pereira in the main event of that one. What do you think about that, Reed? What a match. What yeah. a match. I think just in general, man, it really feels like Fight to Win's been stepping things up a lot. You know, these last couple, the one in Miami that you were just at, yep. it was a huge, huge event. And uh, this, this one upcoming in, in Ohio seems really big. And, and as well as this Gutenberg versus Tim Spriggs match, I know Jamil Hill is also on the card, a lot of Team Lloyd Irvin guys out there. Um, but but Gutenberg versus Tim Spriggs, man. Wow, what a, what a match. That's a great match. Yeah. Gutenberg just coming off this huge performance at the Absolute Division at, at Pans, you know, where he ma- made it to the finals against Leandro Lowe. So he's a really kind of like new, new hot prospect in the Black Belt Division. And, of course, I think we all know Tim Spriggs. <laughs> Spriggs, Tim Spriggs is Spriggs. Is, is, wreck. Yeah, he's one of our favorites <laughs> to, to watch always. You know, we just we were watching him versus uh, Mateus Denise wow. at Pans. That was a powerful match. That was one of the craziest <laughs> matches Not of, many people of the throw around Mateus Denise like that, right? But, yeah. yeah. Oh, man, Spriggs went at him. Woof. Over and over and over again, too. So. How long has Tim Spriggs been a black belt? Oh, man, I want to say four years. So he's got quite like, a bit of experience around. on Gutenberg. I remember seeing level. him in like a uh, couple podio competing in Brazil, That's like what I 2014, 15 maybe, uh, and like the heavyweight Grand Prix. Man, yeah, he's been he's been around, but he kind of took a, a big chunk of last year off. Remember, yeah. like, we almost didn't see him compete at all. I think maybe he had like a handful of super fights, and of course he did ADCC like pretty you know last minute. But um, I'm glad he's back, right? He seems back, and he seems really into it and stuff. So this is great. Yeah, and, and it's the perfect, the perfect matchup, I think. Tim Sprague versus Gutenberg Pereira. That's going to be a submission-only match. It's going to be a crazy one. That's like a, a Pans or World's final match right it's there true. almost, right? You could see those guys going at it, but like 10 minutes, submission-only in Maryland. That's Spriggs' backyard. That's awesome. We saw uh, Gutenberg and Muhammad Ali at Pans, and that was a great fight. But Gutenberg, I think... Pull guard right off the bat to kind of because he's awesome on his feet. And then uh, in the last few minutes of the match, he came up for the sweep and was able to beat him there. So, But we've also got Ottavio and Lottie on this card. So the big boy hitting the stage. I love that guy. He's like going to test the limits guy, of the man. fight to win stage, man. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> true. That's, that's, that's true. And he's going to be going against he's another big, big lad, I'm sure, in a heavyweight. So. So. I hope he's not going Oof. against a really small guy. Rafael <laughs> 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 Maya is his opponent. And then uh, Devante Johnson at oh, Uni yeah. is also on this card. So this is exciting. A ton of talent. Yeah, fight to win. We've got two more events. There's a, another one in Philadelphia. They're yet to confirm the main event for that one, April 20th. But then towards the end of April, one of our favorites, uh, one of the one of the most loved guys in jiu-jitsu, I think, Tom DeBlass, guy with a huge following, universally respected. And he's got a main event there, uh, fight to win against Lou Armazani. So uh, always looking forward to see Tom uh, in a match. And, uh, and he's, he's uh, been in and around on the fight to win circuit as well, right? He's had quite a few on there now. Oh, yeah, he's had a couple. We fought Rico Rodriguez there uh, last year and, and had a couple other main, main event matchups. Joao Assis. Joao Assis. Yep. Yeah, they, uh, they put on a good show. Tough match there. And Tom's cutting down to 220 pounds, which he said a few times. That's the lightest he's competed at in years. So we'll see a very fit Tom the Bloss. Um, Looking forward to that. And lose no slouch either. He's a three or four time fight to win pro winner as well. So um, former MMA fighter, former. just like Tom, I believe, right? So that, that's great. I love when when guys who are a little less known. Obviously, everybody knows Tom DeBlast, but maybe not everybody's familiar with Lou. 
and but he's been on the fight to win circuit. He, he's had had some wins in his local fight to wins, and he's worked his way up to a main event slot against Tom DeBlast. Like you said, one of the biggest guys, one of the biggest stars in our sport. So it's that's great fun. seeing Tom still be super hungry. You know, he's got all of his his students like Gary and, and Gordon that are out there proving their their worth and winning huge tournaments. And Tom is. Doing the same exact thing still, so that's, that's awesome. I love to watching see. Tom. He always, when he's on the fight to win stage, he, he's a bulldog. He comes yeah. at you, man. He likes to wrestle, he likes to go for the takedown. And he, he never stops smiling. Right? <laughs> he's like there in the middle of that, he's like a good clubbing and slapping each other, but he's just got a grin on his face all the way through. So. He's like, he's kind of, he kind of dares the other guy to submit him. You know, he's like, he's like <laughs> how dare you to, to try submission, you know? Yeah, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> And then a bunch of other events. We got uh, April 22nd, Mariana's Open. Chase, you're going to Guam. I'm going to Guam. This and it's guy. Guy. Oh, this guy. Guy. That, That's Ooh, the big news of the event. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> see you in Guam. No, it's, it's a pretty, pretty stacked event. They have two weight classes in the black belts. Um, 181 and under, which has guys like Andres Bunovsky, Hanato Canuto. Then we have 181 and over. Felipe Pena, Jackson Souza, Lucas Barbosa. Uh, Matt, and Muhammad Ali is also making his way out mm-hmm. there. That's crazy. All those could be super fights, but it's actually two nine to ten man brackets at this point, with each division having a ten thousand cash prize on the end of it. Wow. So Marianas again put it's I think their eleventh event. I could be wrong about that, but it's it's going to double digits now. And this is in the gi. It's all, a gi. all in the yeah. gi. And IBJJF rules. So it's pretty much a standard tournament, but with a huge cash prize and, like, the top-tier talent. So we'll yeah. see a bunch of really good guys out there. Man, it's great to see an open tournament doing something like this. You know, we, we see a lot of these pro invitationals and stuff, and obviously they try to bring all the guys together. But this is, like, uh, this is the biggest event in that kind of region, right? You went there last year, actually, oh. Reed, and, and, like, Micronesia. You know, it's a, it's a tiny little dot there in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, and it's crazy they got this amazing jiu-jitsu scene. Yeah, it's an incredible place for sure. They call it like a jitsu in paradise, and that is 100% accurate. Super jealous of Chase <laughs> going back. I got, like I said, I got to go there last year. Can't even hide it. I can't even hide it going to Guam. <laughs> I definitely am um, looking forward to diving into the, the Guam scene. I'll be there for a few few more days, and um, just, there's like six gyms on a really tiny island. So I want to see how that's possible, you know. And, yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to see what you bring back from that because I really like to see more of the. The, the lifestyle there and the, the training scene. I know they've got that warrior culture as well. It'll be really cool to see. So It's going to be great. So. And then we actually, the brackets just dropped today. Uh, we got the first round matches here on our site already on philgrappling.com. And um, so Gilbert Burns, Dorino, is up against Masahiro Iwasaki. In one the of gi. The, uh, in the gi. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Burns in the gi in a long time. We haven't. And Iwasaki's that guy from, uh, from Japan who, did, who faced uh, Michael Lange. In the, the final finals. European, he was a breakout. Yeah, Beat be Evan Najmi and Hanato. Yeah, and Hanato's in there as well. He's got a buy in her in his first round, but then um, on the other side of the bracket, you got Servio Tulio and Andres Brunovskis in a uh, in a first round match. Servio won the brown belt tournament there last year. Servio right? won a thousand dollars in the uh, brown belt tournament last year. He just was accompanying Felipe Pena and decided oh, I'll just I'll jump in the tournament and ended up winning it. So I, I think he gets the, the invite back now that he's a black belt to, to fight in the. Uh, in the open. That's awesome. And speaking of Felipe Pena, of course, he's in the heavyweight bracket. Uh, returning he's champion. Returning champion, as is Isaac Bayens, who's also in the uh, the lightweight. And, um, yeah, Felipe Pena's in. He's got a bye in his, in his first round. But then some of the first round matches in, in that division, you've got Jackson Souza versus Muhammad Ali. First round. That's crazy. <laughs> That's a crazy one. Always That's a, a good one. one. Mm-hmm. Viking Wong up against Tanner Rice. That's another intriguing match. 
You know Viking quite well, right? Yeah, yeah, Vikings, man. I, met, I had a great time with Viking um, out, in, out in Guam last year. But I, interestingly, he fought in the under, um, in the lightweight category. So, now, so he's one of the only guys, I think, that's now kind of making, making the hmm. jump up to the, uh, to the heavier weight category with Felipe. Very cool. So, yeah, guys like Lucas Hulk, Felipe Pena, Viking Wong, Tanner Rice, Jackson Souza, Muhammad Ali. And then the lightweight, you got Hanato Canuto, Diego Ramalho. Oh, man, that's a stacked tournament. Looking forward to that one. Everybody in there is great. I, I love it. Um, last year, man, it was so, so much fun there because, like you said, at the island, they really do love jujitsu. It's like It was like the entire island came together and packed this this gymnasium, you know, and everybody was super interested to, to watch. You know, they don't get Felipe Pena and, and Tanner Rice and Hanato Canuto guys. They only get those guys coming over to the once island a once a year. <laughs> yeah. So it, it is a huge, huge event on the island. And, um, I mean, elsewhere, too. I mean, I think a lot of people are really looking forward to, to, to the whole tournament. If, you, if you're not, then you're, you're missing out because there's some <laughs> yeah. incredible matches. Yeah. And the crazy thing is, this is just a couple of days before the Abu Dhabi World Pro, which myself and Will, we're going to be heading over to Abu Dhabi and uh, bringing the coverage from there. The Abu Dhabi World Pro is one of, one of the biggest events in the world. Um, it's pretty much the parallel world championships, right? Most international event in Jiu-Jitsu, they have literally hundreds of countries and nationalities represented. And um, actually, guys like Felipe Pena and Jackson Souza, they're flying from Guam straight to Abu Dhabi to compete in the Open Tournament a couple of days later. It's mm. insane. What a life. I what mean, a life. <laughs> there's yeah. another $15,000 on the line for uh, first place at World Pro. So, man, you Ooh. can be banking 25 Gs in, in eight days if uh, you play your cards right. Wow, that is huge. And, you know, the World Pro, of course, has got a special event this year because this is the final year that they're going to do World Pro as an annual event. So this is the 10th year of World Pro. And, you know, the UAE JGF, they're always trying new things. They're always bringing in new stuff. They brought in a couple of years ago, starting in 2015, the Grand Slam, right, which became like this big international circuit. So apparently after this year, the UAE JJF World Pro is going to become uh, every other year. And they're going to add in another Grand Slam event in Moscow. Ooh. Very nice. <laughs> going to get a rush. I've never been to Russia. I'm hopefully going to go to Russia next season. That sounds uh-huh. kind of fun. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so six Grand Slam events. And this year as well, they've got the King of Mats. So the King of Mats is going to be a little bit different because they're inviting former champions from World Pro, former champions from Grand Slam events. And, uh, man, they're putting on this amazing one-night round-robin event with a $200,000 prize pot. What? Yeah, say that again. Two hundred thousand dollars spread over only three weight categories, and apparently, if I understand this correctly, only first and second place actually get a cash prize. Oh wow! I'm not sure that third place actually gets a cash prize. So, so just you, do the math right there. Like you're taking home some cash if you uh, <laughs> if you win first or second. Well, the crazy thing is as well that Gianni Grippo, for example, he's competing in the King of Mats. He's a, a, a two-time World Pro Champion, and then he gets a day off after World, after King of Mats. And he's jumping into the open tournament as well, right? So let's just kind of like put this out there. If he wins the King of Mats and he gets TBD, but we think it's probably like a 40 or 50 grand prize to win that. And then he goes on to win the 15 grand prize for the black belt division in his weight category in the open tournament. That's a shit ton of money. <laughs> he's retiring. <laughs> right? yeah, yeah. His belt. The rest like, of the year off. You could take the, the rest of the year off on that money. That's insane, right? Pretty well. It's going to be hard to do. He's got some killers out there he's going to have to face. But yeah, that's a good that point, would be uh, <laughs> That would be pretty awesome. One of the, the uh, middleweight category of King of Mats, Tarsus Humphreys, Roberto Satoshi, Tanner Rice, Jaime Canuto, Andre Galvao, Hanato Canuto, and Clark Gracie. 
Damn. Round Robin. Let's just round say that again. Round, round Robin. robin. And it's a um, round crazy. robin called Papodio style. So you got two groups. So in a group of, say, eight guys, there'll be two groups of four fighting a round robin. Mm. Uh, just like Kazai, they do the same system, right? Yeah. Two groups. They fight in a, in a round robin. And then the top guy from each group, uh, they'll go through, uh, the top two, sorry, into the semifinals. And then that determines the final. Man, that's a lot of jujitsu in one night. It's gonna be fun, man. Three weight divisions: lightweight, middleweight, and heavyweight. They're combining. I think it's roosterweight right up to like uh, lightweight, and then middleweight up to middle heavy, and then heavyweight and above. And yeah, just looking at some of these names, you got Gianni Grippo, you got Leo Saggiorio, that really tough BTT guy. He's a 2014 World Pro Champion. Um, who else you got? You got uh, Isaac Baiva, you got Salcino, just really, really mm-hmm. tough guys. And then you mentioned the middleweight division. In the heavyweight, you've got Braga Neto, Alexander Trans, Cyborg, Helton Silva. Uh, he's the number one ranked guy currently in the, in the UAE JJF ranking. He's a guy from Brotherhood, from Leandro's gym. Tapped out Jackson Souza at Europeans. Really unknown kind of guy, actually. Mm. I think this is even maybe first or second year as a black belt. They're just coming through. And, uh, and then there's another one to keep an eye on as well. You will remember this name, Chase, because we, f- we first learned about him at the Rio Grand Slam in November, Gerard Lubinsky. Mm, yes. Remember that gigantic Polish dude who just came in and just crushed everyone? Yeah, he, w- he was a force. His, his final with um, Igor, U- Igor Silva. Silva. Yeah. yeah. That, Igor had run through people all year long in the, in the heavyweight division. Number and one ranked fighter. Number one ranked fighter. And he'll probably secure that at World Pro. But he had this tough match with Gerard and man Leandro Lowe is coaching him I'm like who is Leandro coaching right now this guy is this Jack Polish dude like what's yeah. going on here but, the um, crazy thing is this guy has like spent a lot of time down in Brazil living in Sao Paulo trains a brotherhood with Leandro down there and like almost nobody knows who he is I think he got his black belt maybe last year and uh, check him out on Instagram because he's just this gigantic jacked Polish dude who trains with Leandro. <laughs> and then, man, can you imagine getting that guy in your bracket? You're like, ah, who's this Polish dude? I, uh, I'll be fine. <laughs> and then you meet him. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely stacked with talent. And that's not all. April, more events. The USA Grappling Team Trials coming up April 26th, 27th. And, of course, the big one that we're all really excited for, April 14th, Kazai Pro in New York City. Ooh. <laughs> Yep. So this is the second event that they've done. You were at the first one, right? Oh, yeah. First one, when was that? Back in December, mm-hmm. I think, right? Mm-hmm. Back, um, back in early December. Uh, they came out on the scene. I thought they put out uh, one of the best <coughs> live shows, uh, live jiu-jitsu shows I've ever been at. They have a huge, huge mat for the grapplers, so they're never restarting people, really. Um, you know, the New York scene doesn't quite get as much love as, as like, California and a, f- and a few others, um, but there's a huge scene in New York, obviously. Yeah, I think they've even sold the tickets out already for the live show. That's there you crazy. Go. Oh, there you go. Great news. So, and I'm just super excited because I Pro 2, they're coming back. It's going to be another great show. And they have, like, seriously brought out all the big guns because there's just plenty of big names and big matches. And I think kind of one of the ones that we're all really, really looking forward to is Gio Martinez versus Nicky Ryan. That's a match that I think just has everyone scratching their head. I'm thinking that <laughs> yeah. how this one's going to go. Man, there's been so much buzz around this match for like months, right? It's and true. That's what happens when you get Gordon Ryan campaigning to make the match, right? <laughs> yeah. Everybody talking about it. So finally it's happening. Finally it's happening. I know Chase just got back from, from San Diego, right? That's right. That's right. I was out there just, just yesterday uh, with Gio Martinez, getting him, seeing how he gets ready for Nicky. Um, 
yeah. and vice versa. And vice versa. You were in New York. So it was cool. We were here in, in the middle of the country, Austin, Texas, and Chase went to West Coast San Diego. I went to East Coast New York City, and... Um, Man, I, I, I just love New York City. It's such a great place to, to, to go to, and especially Henzo Gracie Academy, going there. Um, it's just crazy. It's really crazy going there, because it's like I walked in the doors, and in there is Gordon Ryan training in the gi, Nikki, <laughs> Nikki, Nikki Ryan getting ready, you know, and, and John Danaher coaching him there. Craig Jones is there getting ready for his plethora of competitions that he has coming up. <laughs> And Jake Shields is there, you know, um, a lot of, like, the younger uh, Danaher Death Squad guys, like Nick Ronan and Jason Rao, they're, they're like, there's just so many super good guys on that mat, and they're all just trying to take each other's heads off. It, like, just going there and sitting on the side of the mat is, like, it's... It's an incredible experience. It's so much fun there. And, and, sorry, I was going to, and, and while we were in New York, you also caught up with Eddie Cummings. And that's not, yeah, that wasn't even all I did. That's true. That's very true. (laughs) And then, and then I got to go and hang out with Eddie Cummings. And and, man, Eddie is such a, such a, has such a mind for the sport. It's such a uh, great experience to, to talk to him about. He's got a super fight on Kazai too. And he's got... He's fighting Hinato Kanuto, which is just a, another bonkers fight because I think Hinato really broke out in December at Kasai Pro One as a, as a force to be reckoned with. He, later on, he went on to win Nogi World Championships, but he um, you know he had a great performance at Kasai. Looked incredible out there. Had a great match with Munch and with Gary Tonin. And so he's coming back, and he's going to fight another another Dan Her Death Squad guy, Eddie Cummings. Um, so that's just another crazy bonkers fight. It, it, it's, it's, and then the middleweight tournament is there too. Yeah, like, is it not? That's just super fights. We haven't talked about the eight man Grand Prix. So. Yeah, and there's another super fight. You got AJ's got a super fight on there as well. Um, but then the Grand Prix. Well, I mean middleweight tournament. Call it what you like. But eight man, uh, 185 pound middleweight tournament. <sighs> Get ready for this. Eight names, okay? Mateus Denise. Craig Jones, DJ Jackson, Richie Boogeyman Martinez, Dante Leon, Mike Perez, Nick Calvanese, and Felipe Mota. That is a solid eight-man lineup right there. It's such an interesting mix of styles, too. You know, you've got, like, DJ Jackson, who's just this powerhouse, super athletic, and, you know, very dominant on the feet from the top position. And then you've got Craig Jones, who is more of like a guard player, really savvy with the leg locks. Um, Mike Perez, I think you can speak to this more. You just saw him, but I think he was one of the a really good late addition to this. To this uh, kind of group. a wild card, huh? Yeah, but he's like, man. When we had Craig here a couple weeks ago, he was saying like in 2015. I remember Perez was training. For, I think he was a purple belt at the time, and he was going to ADCC, and he was training heel hooks, and he was heel hooking the shit out of Craig Jones, <laughs> yeah. which kind of sparked Craig Jones to start mm. learning the heel hook game. So. Um, Mike Perez just got his black belt, I think, within, like, the last 12 months. And he's been waiting for a, a competition like this to show. He, he's a no-gi guy through and through. Loves to wrestle. Loves to go hard. He loves to scrap. So. Pretty fearless, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was great. So I was in San Diego, and I met with Gio. And then I also drove down to Atos because we have Hulk going to Marianas. Brunowski's going to Marianas as well. And then, of course, Mike Perez is doing Kasai. So when I spoke to Perez about Kasai, he said he wanted to face DJ. Huh. Interesting matchup right there. Two really headstrong guys, ex-teammates, because as Mike Perez was on uh, Lloyd Irvin back in the day. And um, I'm like, man, who, who goes to the ground first on that? Like, ne- neither guy <laughs> wants to play guard, right? And, and good luck taking down DJ. So, yeah. uh, But same goes for Mike Perez. And, yeah, we had a really fun conversation. I, I really was impressed with Mike Perez at ADCC. He goes yeah. in there, late edition, and faces 
Felipe Pena and Yuri Samoyes, like two of the best ever. And, and he, fought, he, he fought Bouchesha too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. And he doesn't take a step back against anybody either, right? It, it was great to hear him say, I'm like, what's it like facing someone like Yuri? You know, Yuri's super intense. Uh, it's an emotional dogfight, you know, and he's like, he's got to, you have to bully back. Bert, mm-hmm. How do you beat a bully? You know, you can't be intimidated. You have to fight back hard. And so I think he brings the, the great mentality for, for Kasai. And I'm looking forward to him having a, a breakout performance because he's always been in the mix. He's a top guy. He just got his black belt. And, you know, now he needs a showcase event. So we'll see what happens at Kasai. He usually, um, he usually competes as, like, a heavyweight, sometimes super. I think he's even done, like, ultra heavyweight competitions <laughs> before. So this will be he interesting. He ain't that big. Mm-hmm. He's not. But he, he's he, not that big. But. A, a nogi, brown belt nogi world champion. And then one of my favorite performances from Mike Perez is when he fought Joao Assis on mm-hmm. late, right. late notice right. at Fight to Win. And mm-hmm. he played guard a lot in that match, too. He did. And, um, Joao's much bigger. <laughs> much, <laughs> much bigger. Much probably much got 40 pounds yeah. on him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was a fun one. But uh, one thing I want to talk about Gio real quick was I was really impressed by his competitiveness. I mean, I always viewed him as a laid-back guy that just was in it because he really enjoyed the game, and he does. He's all those things. But he also has this, this glint in his eyes where he's like, he loves the challenge. He loves being called out. And he said, I want, I want to give him the match he wants. Like, I can't huh. wait to prove myself to represent my team. I'm in this to win. And it's not personal. He just loves, he loves the competition. So... Uh, I really saw him fired up, man. He was training super hard. Ben Saunders was in the gym. MMA fighter, Killer B. Um, Ricky Lule was also there from 10th Planet. So it was, those guys rolled hard for over an hour and a half, just straight rounds. You know, the gym was fogged up, and it was, it was a really fun scene to be around. And I really enjoyed uh, just seeing how fired up Gio was because I wasn't sure. Yeah, just, uh, well, I got a question for you then because you mentioned there about how Gio, um, <coughs> he's obviously taken it very seriously, but he. The, the vibe I've been getting in general, because I spoke to Eddie Bravo last week, is that they're, they're being very respectful, but they've, they're taking the challenge very seriously. Is that, 100%. You, uh, yeah. Absolutely. You know, Gio was very clear to say, I, I love playing the sport. I love the game. There, there's, no, there's no malice here. But, yeah, I'm here to win. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm here to beat you, and I'm, I'm ready to bring it to you. you know? um, it and was, then on, let me flip it around then, because on the other side... Uh, obviously, Nikki, you spoke to John Danaher, and something interesting came up in conversation there because people were pushing for the Danaher, uh, sorry, for the for the Geo versus Nikki match, but it was actually John who was reluctant to make that match happen, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. That he did say he, 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 if it were up to him completely, he would have waited just a little bit longer, you know, until uh, until Nikki had more physically matured. Um, but uh, and just to speak to what Nikki kind of had to say too, because I think he's he's sensing that that people are excited about the match, but people aren't really giving him a shot. They're saying, and I think really? I think he really th- sees himself as the underdog. You know, I think people are like, if Eddie Cummings couldn't couldn't beat Gio Martinez, how can Nikki Ryan beat mm-hmm. Gio Martinez? So I think he's really seriously being like, no, no, no. Like I understand that this is a big match, and this a lot of people are going to be watching this match. And like this is my time to show to prove everybody wrong that I can hang with the best tenth planet black belt at the, out there, and that's how they describe Gio Martinez as the best tenth planet black belt. Absolutely, and this is the crazy thing about Nikki is sometimes we almost I mean we say it over and over and over. Oh, sixteen-year-old Nikki Ryan, sixteen-year-old Nikki Ryan, but you look at him, his composure, his performances, his results are much more mature than his age, right? <laughs> but I'm amazed at that attitude, man. A 16-year-old kid to have that much self-awareness, that's incredible. It, man, it was actually really funny. I, um, I was talking to John, and he was like, and he was like, you know, although Nicky Ryan is 16 years old, 
you know, compared to everybody in the group, Gary Tonin, Gordon Ryan, he's the most mature <laughs> out, of, out of all of them. He's like, he's like, and John even said, myself included. Nikki, Nikki is is light years mature uh, beyond all the rest of the group. <laughs> Got the horrified younger brother thing going, like, oh my god, these animals. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about this the other day. If if Nikki Ryan wins, where does he go from there? Because he's still a purple belt, right? It's true. So like, he's gonna have to still compete in the purple belt ranks, then go through. Brown, but at that point he would have taken out, like you said, the top tenth planet guy. So it is a good question, actually. I mean, like you take out, like you clear out the tenth planet squad because he's already beaten Ricky Lule, he's already beaten Marvin Castell. Mm-hmm. You know, Geo is the last name to, to cross off that list. Once you've taken out all of the the tenth planet guys, like what is next for you? Because he's primarily a, a Nogi guy, and tenth planet of the other primarily nogi school or team out there it's like what other challenges remain it's like i guess he would wait until next year and go back to adcc or is there somebody else out there he's got to switch teams and fight (laughs) (laughs) go Go up the ranks i mean it's a bit weird when you think about it. it's a great point uh can an adult call out a minor? Like, all right, <laughs> I'm going to beat your ass, you 17-year-old. Like, it's, it's a bad look. So he's, he's got to be on the offensive at all times. And, yeah. and um, he's really got ca- what I What I wonder is, like, what weight he's going to settle into as he, like, continues to mature. Because right now he's a lightweight or a featherweight, right? So yeah, he's, like, he's, 140? Yeah, he looks like 140. Yeah. So, like, where will he eventually settle and then... Who will he go after once he gets to that? Well, you know who I'd like to see him go up against? Uh, eventually, but, you know, no rush in, on either side. But I'd love to see a rematch with Kennedy Maciel, yeah. uh, right? yeah. Cobrini mm-hmm. Jr., mm-hmm. right? Because they had that super fight at the studio, 540 there. Was it the end of 2015 or 16? 16. 16. 20, end of 2016. And uh, Kennedy got his back and choked him, right? And um, it's interesting because Eddie referenced that match a few times in our conversation. So they're obviously, you know, studying up and looking for any little holes in Nikki's game. But uh, it goes to show that there are athletes out there who, who could be potential opponents, whether it's in an open tournament or invitational or mm-hmm. a super fight. But I guess there's some matches out there for him still, right? I imagine ADCC is the next that's, goal, right? It's, it's not yeah. that far away. Trials are coming up in less than six months. so um. Yeah, that's right. We're expecting them in usually around about October, November for the East Coast trials and a couple months later for the West Coast. So... Wow, that's coming around quick, huh? Yeah, it doesn't get long over here just in Finland, but... <laughs> Literally, yeah. But yeah, I think that's definitely what he, he's looking forward to as, as well, ADCC. It's just a, man, it's a special time in that room, I feel like, because you got Gordon trying to be the best gi player in the okay, world. Okay, yeah, let's hear about G- this then. Right? Gary <laughs> trying to be the best MMA fighter in the world in, the, in there, and then Nikki trying to be, trying to be a uh, ADCC world champion. You know, so, so. so much going on in Henzo, so you must yeah, have been crazy. like just... Just I'm not sure what to look at. Exactly. We had to point your camera. But I think the one thing you just said, the magic words. Gordon Ryan in the gi. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah, man. It was surreal. How do you look? How do you look? <laughs> it was surreal watching him out there in the gi, especially just because the whole rest of the squad is still training no gi, you know? Mm. And Gordon, it, it was like, I was really impressed because, like, like, I don't know, he's the best, he's one of the best no gi players in the world, right? And I think oh, yeah. it, it would have just been so much easier for him to just be in that side of the class doing the nogi stuff but he's re- it really looked like he was really committing to to, to the gi you know he's, he's really he t- trained when i was there trained two sessions in the gi and he said he was doing you know he's been doing two sessions basically every day in the gi and then he wow. goes home and, and lifts 
Um, yeah, he lives. <laughs> we, we know he yeah. lives. Yeah, we see that. But um, <laughs> but yeah, man, it, oh, it, it was awesome. I saw him, you know, going like scrapping against Gregor Gracie in in the room. I saw him scrapping against. Uh, Craig Jones was there in a gi for some reason, and <laughs> yeah, again, no, that's yeah. mind blowing. Yeah. Like Craig told us last time he competed in the gi was 2016 World Pro. How, oh, he did like a little thing between now and then, but mm. still. And, and let me get this right. So all of these classes, you got the MMA guys, you got the gi guys, and and the nogi, and it's all going on in the same class. Yeah, yeah. And, and Danaher's got his eyes on everybody. Yeah, and Danaher's like, he, he does. He, he just he just shifts throughout the room and says and says, you know, no, you're doing that wrong. Do that again. And then and then and then he goes over to this side and says that was that was great over here. You know, he like, he's really got his hands. What in. a crazy setup, man. I know. You, you yeah. know what? It's an exciting time to be there. I really think. <laughs> yeah, you know what exactly, John's yeah. classes remind me of. It's like a seminar because you go in and there's like 60, 70 guys on that mat and everybody's wearing different clothes. And it's like one of those old school seminars that like the Gracie's used to give when, you know, you get some guys in a gi and then some guys in wrestling shoes and some MMA fighters. And it's like, that's like John's class every single freaking day, man. It's so wild. Mm -hmm. but, Absolutely. Uh, it's a huge class and there's, there's a lot of people. Um, a ton of guys just, in the gears, right? Yeah, like yeah. Gordon's got plenty of people to train with. Definitely. I mean, there's a lot, obviously just like a lot of hobbyists, a lot of guys who are just in the area training as well. Um, so they get no shortage of, of awesome roles with these guys and stuff. What's, like. his, what's his game like? Can you share? Like, what was he? What was he doing? What was he working on? What was he doing? I mean, he's he's still. It seemed like, um, you know, just from my kind of limited knowledge of, of watching a little bit, it, it still felt like he was playing single leg X and mm -hmm. X guard and stuff like that. It still felt like. He, was he using no gi handles or was he starting to use the gi? He, yeah, he he was definitely using the gi. He, he was he had like the double sleeves grips a couple times and, and was um, you know kind of pl playing lasso that type of stuff and. Um, and uh, but yeah, I think still playing a lot of like the X guard and, and single leg X and stuff like that. That I think he's really good at in the no gi. But um, yeah, then then they were talking about uh, what do you guys know about this false X guard? I, I hadn't really false. heard it before, but right. that was the, the first time I'd ever yeah. heard false it. False when you when like, when Danaher or Nikki mentioned it in that video, it was the first time I'd ever heard false X guard. Yeah, but they 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 were doing it so much. It's uh, a thing. Yeah, yeah, this false X guard where it's like. And he mentioned that Nikki mentioned that that uh, Gordon used it against Cyborg at ADCC. Yeah, Seems to me, <laughs> where it's it's just like X guard. It's just like X guard, but it, but when you switch the feet, which I think makes it easier for the guy to pass your X guard. But if you can do it kind of like without him knowing that you've switched your feet, you go into that inside. Then it just makes Sankaku. it. Yeah, then it just makes that inside Sakaku position like right there. Okay, mm. so now I know exactly what it is. So it's basically it's one foot on top of the other. It's the standard X guard. Yeah, and, and then you just switch. Yeah, you got the, usually the bottom foot will you know the outside foot will be on the bottom, and it's just the other way yeah. around because then you can kick it through and you can get that. Oh you know, yeah. Cool. Or Craig, Craig Jones uses that a lot. The, he calls it the he reverse, does. the reverse X guard. Reverse X guard. Yeah, they call it that too. Yeah, yeah reverse X guard. But he was false X so Gordon's playing this in the gi. No, no, he wasn't playing oh, okay. that in the gi. Um, but that's what uh, that's what a lot of they were mm. they were working on in the class, like the technique portion of it and stuff. I guess I, I guess I have a, a little video of it right here. We can just play it as uh, we keep talking. But I, I don't know. I mean, it's like I said, it, it definitely did feel like a, a special time at, at Henzo Gracie just because. There's just so many um, guys trying to do big things mm -hmm. there, you know? It's really cool. Man, look at that gym. Just Beautiful a couple days gym. ago right here. Just a couple days ago this yeah. was. This is, here's Mickey Ryan um, talking talking about... I, uh, I do love that 
blue room. They call it the blue dungeon, but I love going down in there. Just the, the energy is like electric, right? It really is. You go down those, those stairs, it has that, that gym smell that like we all secretly love. You know? <laughs> and but it's crazy that, you know, they're, they're taking over the whole building because back in the day, they just used to have like one or two rooms down in the basement and it's like three floors now. They've got the, the floor, two floors above this as well with like Muay Thai area and they've got a cage and everything, right? Yeah, and I, we don't have to keep talking about about um, these guys, but but I do I did want to notice like man how good John looks right he's not he does, he's just yeah. just about a year or, or um, a removed from from hip, sur- hip surgery hip, hip yeah. surgery you know surgery, yeah. and he and you know last time we were there for ADCC he wasn't really on, he was just kind of coaching from afar mm-hmm. he was having other people kind of demonstrate the technique yeah, he's not using his walking stick anymore yeah and he was and he was out there training with everybody showing them and, and moving around so that, that was I was really pumped to see. It seems like well, John's Craig doing, in the background. doing good. Yeah, there he is, Craig Jones. His beard is coming in nicely since he's been to Austin. <laughs> oh, Gary with a hand brace on. He's wearing a glove. He uh, he basically he didn't break it, but he he hurt his hands smacking it on top of that guy's head in one FC. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what you get when you commit to striking too much. And like you said, right here, man. It's like every time you go to a John Denner class, it's like a it's like a seminar, mm. you know, because he just is, he breaks things down so in depth. Every class, it seems like so. There's so much information. I'm, I was thinking about this while I was listening to him talk about this subject here now I forget exactly what it is because this is the problem there's so much information every single class he's doing this every single day the amount of information these guys have access to it's like higher learning kind of mm. stuff right and he does it gi and no gi which is kind of crazy right he, he'll, he'll break these crazy leg locks down and then he puts on the jacket you know and then, and then does crazy judo techniques with, uh, with uh, Gary St. Ledger there yeah, Gary St. Ledger. Travis was talking about him, right? Really uh, an amazing judo guy, black belt in jiu-jitsu as well. You always see him on the mats here. In fact, there's a little clip of him, I think, working some techniques with uh, with Gordon, right? And, um, yeah, man, this, uh, look at that. I thought it was really interesting as well, you know, to see that John teaching things like the Delaheva guard and stuff. is It's fascinating because I'm a black belt from Delaheva. I That's where I train in, yeah. in, in Brazil. And I've trained at Henzo's a bunch of times. You know, every time I go to you go to New York, I always try to get a class in Henzo's. And I walk in there one day, and he's teaching Dalhiva guard sweeps. And it was great uh. because, obviously, he has his own little take on it and his variations. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is it's actually really cool. So, you know. I don't know if I've ever seen... John teaching like like that much on video to be honest. So I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's really been as much um, footage of him teaching in the classes like that. Flow so grappling exclusive. So yeah, yeah, it's really cool yeah. that that we got a um, access like that. We you know we I think we have a really good rapport with those guys. We obviously are big big fans of Henzo Gracie Academy Huge, yeah. and um, and what those guys are doing there. So. Um, yeah, that was cool. No, there was Gordon um, only training gi, or is he doing both, going back and forth? It seems like he's only training gi. It, it, maybe not only. It sounded like he was still doing like a couple times a week no mm. gi and stuff, but it that did seem like he was doing wow. majority gi. And then I heard that Gary is pretty much just doing like um, what do you call it? Shoot, shoot, a shoot box. Shoot like boxing. so, it's like boxing with takedowns, right? So it's like MMA style training, and then he's not really. He, does, has, said he hasn't trained in the gi in like five years or something like that. But uh, um, I, I think if he's, he's still coaching. I mean, he has his academy. He does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. he, he does. He mentioned in an interview with Ariel Hawani the other day that gotcha. you know he's still running his gym and stuff. So I guess he puts it on to teach. But um, it's kind of cool because you know, like it's amazing, right? You've got a team of guys, very close knit, and yet they all have individual focuses and objectives. Gary with MMA, Gordon with Gi, yeah. Nikki with No Gi Super Fight. Wow, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's amazing how that kind of coexists, but I guess that's um, 
just speaks to the power of the team, right? The unity that they have right there. Mm. What about uh, um, uh, Atos then? Because you mentioned this. So Andres is doing the Gi tournament. Yes. Okay? He's going to do Marianas Open, as is Hulk. And then uh, Perez preparing for Nogi round robin tournament there at Kazai. So what was going on in the training there? What did you see? And of course we have Andre doing a King of Mats. So oh, of course, um, <laughs> I, I walked I in right after the morning training had finished on Wednesday, or no, excuse, Wednesday. Yeah, sorry, my, my calendar yeah. all screwed up, flying around too much. <laughs> um, and that's actually their rest day. And on their rest day, everyone was still there. I'm like, well, who's who's resting? Like, I mean, they weren't <laughs> training super hard, but they were all drilling. Uh, they had they had a morning class that ended at 10:30. Then it was hanging out. Andres came in after that. Um, and Ari Farias was there. Um, I didn't expect to see him in the gym because he's fighting in Brazil like as a, a week and a half ago or something like that. Yeah, he recently be... had an MMA fight, right? So he was yeah. back there. and I, I think he's there to prepare for Worlds. I think he's doing a training camp for Worlds, right? They just started their Worlds camp. Um, I don't know if you guys wow. see, have seen their Instagram, but there was that crazy photo. The Mendes brothers came down, and there's like 60 black belts on oh, the yeah. mat. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently, That's they're crazy. going up and down uh, on splits. Splitting days of the week, so they'll travel from San Diego to Orange County and train at AOJ, and then vice versa. Ah. So, um, getting some high-level training, but very much the same vibe. Um, everyone is getting ready to compete at something, you know, mm -hmm. whether it be in Abu Dhabi, Worlds in a few months, Brasileiros, or Super Fights, or anything. Um, yeah, I expect we'll see a bunch of those uh, Atos guys going over to World Pro, and you know, then of course, Worlds is just around the corner. Brazilian Nationals is the week after World Pro, so. It's a man, right up and now, up until Worlds is like nonstop, right? We just have this crazy, like nonstop schedule. In fact, uh, it, it blew my mind to see this because, you know, we got guys like Felipe Pena and, uh, and, and Jackson Souza going from Guam. A couple of days later, they're going to be there and competing in Abu Dhabi. And then you got guys like Gianni Grippo, the week after Abu Dhabi, he's flying to Brazil to compete in the, the Brazil. Well, he signed up to Brazilian Nationals. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, that's insane. That, what, what kind of schedule is that, man? Jo Josh Hinger was also on the mat, so you can't, can't forget Josh. Um, no, is, so. it, is it just because we are approaching a time in jiu-jitsu where we've never had this many events before? Well, I don't know. Or I mean, we saw, we saw it's the season as much, but I definitely think there are more opportunities as well. Because I do remember this time last year was very similar. April's just, always crazy. April's mm, always crazy. Yeah. It's right before, you know, Worlds comes at the end of May. And, and the same thing happened, the way the calendar fell. The World Pro was the week before Brazilian Nationals. And um, it literally is like just nonstop from here on out up until Worlds and then everybody just chills out for the summer. I mean, it honestly just feels like nonstop just all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <but. laughs> that was kind of actually the, the vibe that I got in Atos was is it, it wasn't even a special time really. Like it, They're just used to it. They're used to having these crazy events coming up. They're used to having a lot high stakes, uh, lots of money on the line or prestige. And all over the world. It's like, oh, where are you going? You're going to Guam? Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll be in Brazil. You know, like mm -hmm. e everyone is, is preparing for some high level thing there and um, you just see it in the training. Everyone is constantly training or talking about what they're going to be doing next. Like, so it's you know what's interesting yeah. is like, let's let's be real now. I mean, in jujitsu, we talk about the jujitsu lifestyle a lot. We talk about the traveling. We talk about the hanging out with friends. We talk about all the cool opportunities, and maybe a little bit more so than other sports. And you look at guys like in in wrestling, for example, and it's all about the grind, right? Mm -hmm. It's totally non glamorous. It's the complete opposite. It's all like no. Hard work, hard work, hard work. That's all we do. And let's be frank, man. Like, there is a glamorous sort of shine and aura about jujitsu, but it is 
equal amount hard work as any other sport. And I think sometimes we almost need to uh, we need to remind people of that because the Instagram makes it look all cool, mm. right? Everybody's you know posting the cool shots of them looking good. But man, there are just hours and hours and hours every single day spent in those rooms working their asses off, right? When you flip through the Instagram stories and you, you can skim through like eight hours a day, like, oh, morning session, lifting, lunch, evening session. It seems pretty easy, right? Just four little quick posts and mm. you did it in 10 seconds. But that's someone's whole day, like six days a week. So, like yeah. Gordon, Gordon talking about training in the geese, you know, he was candid. He said it's very frustrating, you yeah. know, and that's what Danaher said. He was like, "Well, yeah, like you can't just walk onto the mats and be great. Like you're gonna have bad days. You're gonna you're gonna have times where it's like really hard, and you got to push through that stuff." One of my favorite quotes is uh, Cabrinha. He he loves to say this, and he says it all the time. And that it's simple is hard work pays off, you know. And damn man, these guys are putting in the work. The guys there at Atos, the guys there at 10th Planet, the guys there at uh, Henzo Gracie's, and man, with all the, the tournaments coming up, I guess that's, that's when we see the results come out, right? Mm-hmm. Well, guys, man, another awesome day, a week catching up. Man, it's really cool to get. We could talk for another few hours. Here. We could, <laughs> but look, it's great to get the perspective of, of you guys coming back from the the trips. We've got a oh, bunch of trips coming up soon. <laughs> well, I would have liked to have gone myself, but you know, you guys got there first. Next week and the following weeks, we've got so many trips. Really, we really do. We've got all these international destinations. We've got Guam. We've got Abu Dhabi. Potentially a few others in the mix there. We're kind of like uh, just planning out our little season now up until Worlds. But New York, April 14th, Kasai. You guys will be there for that one. So absolutely non-stop packed schedule of events and coverage. So really stay on top of all of this. We'll be there a step of the way and we'll see you again next week.